Hi, and welcome to Run Before You Walk podcast. I'm Matt. I'm Steven. And we're going to talk about what is it even we're doing here. Yeah, yeah. And before we're done, we're going to show you three broad strategies that a church can use for online or hybrid ministry. You might have noticed that there is a ton of experimentation, uh, and that will probably continue for a decade or so. But uh, we've got three broad strategies we think you can consider when you're trying to think through what does your church even want to be doing on the internet as we move beyond COVID? This last week, I was talking to a friend of mine, and she's a pastor, and she said that she couldn't wait for COVID and all of its protocols to be over because she couldn't wait to get back to what it was that she's good at, and that's not online ministry. And it pointed out to me that what I think I'm doing and what she thinks she's doing are two drastically different things. And that's where we have to be today. Yeah. But like, she's not uncommon, right? No, not at all. Like, I hear it all the time. Yeah, I, I, right. I hear it all the time. Uh, so I, I think we should begin by just thinking through a question that we also hear a lot. And it's online ministry is not real ministry, right? Yeah. And online church is not real <laughs> church, right? Because it's it's not real, it's not in the real world, it's in a virtual world, right? Yeah. And we hear this sentiment all the time. I'm sure you, got, you have heard this sentiment at home. But I, I think it's short-sighted. Let me give you a few examples. My mother, her best friend, is a woman named Susan who lives in North Carolina. I don't believe my mom has ever been to North Carolina. I know she's never met Susan in person, but they've known each other for 20 years. Wow. They met in the late 90s in a chat room <laughs> on a... The thing, what the uh, CompuServe thing, actually. CompuServe, that's a throwback. Yeah, and they're, they're best friends. They are joined together because of their shared love of quilting and scripture. And my brother, to this day, calls this woman Aunt Susan, and they've never met in person. Wow. I met my wife on a dating site called Christian Mingle. And, uh, you know, that is the internet. That right? is the internet. It started in a virtual situation. It was quite real, and then, of course, now it's come into the uh, non-internet world. But the truth is, half of my relationship with my wife is still on the internet. I mean, how much of your conversation with your wife is texting? We, we've basically, we'll be in the same house together, uh -huh. and we'll text through because our daughter's in the room. Uh -huh. And we want to make sure that we, we, we say things that our daughter can't hear. Right. And that's the internet. Um, so I think it's important that we, I think we often say it's virtual and then we feel like we forget all this stuff because I didn't say anything you don't know, but we, we all of a sudden turn it into like some sci-fi movie in our head that is distinct from physical reality, but that's not really. So what, is it like Bill and Ted's or is it like Gattaca? What are you, what are you yeah, thinking? I'm thinking of, uh, Johnny Mnemonic. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which is not a good movie. Not a good movie. <laughs> not a good movie. Don't go watch it. <laughs> but it, uh, but, but we, but it's not, that's not what it is. What the internet has done is sort of accelerated things that happened already. For example, imagine 50 years ago, all of us know that real relationships formed with people who never met in person but the relationship formed over letter writing. Yeah. We call those pen pals. Yeah. And in fact, a lot of us know that sometimes those relationships got serious. In fact, C.S. Lewis married uh, yeah. someone who wrote to him. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, I, I yeah. too, until we were working on this. So, so the internet is kind of just that. So it's important that we realize and we recognize that the internet is 
it's still people and they're just connecting. It's just that the communication medium has shifted a little bit. Yeah. So, so what I was hoping we could do as we accept that is think, okay, for my local church that is primarily committed to ministering mm -hmm. to my local community, what are the potential strategy options for what our church can be doing online? Yeah. So I've got, I've got three. You got three. I got three. I, I'm excited. Oh, the, I, I'm like, I got my popcorn out. I got to check my iPad <laughs> though, because I yeah. forgot what they were. No, let's, let's see. Let's oh, see that's good. So the low hanging fruit and the one a lot of yeah. us see is that it's an invitation to in-person. And the, you could yeah, yeah. run your online hybrid ministry where that's essentially all it is. And, th and that's actually what I said to my friend. I was like, no one will ever from now on mm -hmm step into your church mm -hmm. without having first watched a YouTube of your worship service. That will never happen again. It will never happen again. Never happen again. Absolutely. Yeah. That is correct. And we all as church leaders need to accept yeah. that. It, it's not up for debate. I don't think I mean, so. Uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe, 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 maybe it's hyperbole. Maybe you do get the occasional Easter and Christmas visitors still. Yeah. Because it's ingrained. But there's going to come a time when that culture doesn't exist. Yeah. And it's close. It's close. So, so that's one thing. So if your one strategy would be to only figure out what you have to do to support that, and that wouldn't be that hard. You could film part of your worship services. Mm -hmm. You could um, maybe do a great version of that with, where you stage some of it and pre-record some of it. You could do something like that, post a service once a month. Frankly, you could post one every six months. But, but how are you going to do something, it? though? Yeah. I, that's what, I'm, that's what, I, what I keep hearing is kind of like when you have a bad church website, mm -hmm. it's still better than no church website. Yes. Mostly. Yes. Mostly. Yeah, I, I guess I would technically agree with that. You technically, <laughs> uh, look, I, I started a debate, but let's go forward. Okay, so that's one strategy. <laughs> and maybe your church says, you know what? That's all the online or hybrid ministry I'm interested in. Okay. But at least you know what your goal is, and you can aim at it and figure out the details. Yeah. The second strategic goal you can have is to disciple the people who attend in person inconsistently. Yeah. Let me explain what I mean. Yeah, I, I hear that word inconsistent. Yeah. Now, you have probably noticed that some of your congregants uh, do not come four Sundays out of the month. Yeah. Right. Yeah, most actually at this point. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of us noticed it initially with families with young kids because they there were soccer games scheduled on Sundays mm -hmm. now in most of our communities. And so these are families who still think of themselves as engaged and mm -hmm. as part of the church, but they are unable to just be there every four Sundays. Yeah. So one strategic option is to say we want to support those families who are unable to be here at 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning. Yeah. And in that case, like there's a lot of ways you could approach that. Again, you could literally just film your service. Mm -hmm. I think that might not be the best thing, but maybe. And, and it would probably support those families. Uh, or you could do something different. Maybe the pastor sits and does a five-minute version of his sermon, his or her sermon. And they, you stick a, a song with it. And there's like this 12-minute video that gets posted on uh, your social media or your website like Monday morning. Right, so yeah, you're not stealing the thunder just, from just the sermon. Spam, just spam it out there in the in the in Instagram, all of it. You, yeah, you yeah do all it, that stuff. You can do all of it all at one time. And then all those families who weren't able to be there, they still are sort of connected to whatever the pastor's preaching on, and still connected to the community. They could use mm -hmm. it for daily devotionals and things like that. And so in this way, you will find you're you are more effectively discipling the the families in your church. I heard someone say once, they said. 
as their church switched to completely online ministry because of COVID, uh, they were surprised that all of a sudden people were watching all four sermons in their sermon series. Yeah. Whoa. That's that, my experience too. Really? Yeah, my experience too, yeah, definitely. Like, man, that, that hasn't happened since the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's the second strategy. So, so the first strategy, let me, let me remember. Okay. Get, let, I'm, getting in, I'm getting into the zone here. Okay. The first one was to, to create an invitational strategy. It was a strategy for invitation of people mm-hmm. to come to the physical location. Mm-hmm. The second one I heard was to, uh, the strategy was to disciple people who are already here but can't be in person for whatever reason. Exactly. Okay, oh, awesome. and, and especially now, I assume for months, there will be folks who choose to not meet in person because yeah. they're still concerned about COVID, right? Yeah. So, yes, yeah. So the third strategy, the third strategy is more ambitious, yeah. but not, not out of reach of most small churches or small and medium-sized churches. The third strategy is effectively to create a third worship service that is entirely on the internet. Or a second in my case. Or a second. A second worship second. in my case. Yeah, I don't know how I decided. We're, we're talking to small church pastors here. Right. We barely have one sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so you can do this, right? And yeah. it's essentially, like you could do it in a lot of different ways. You could, for this, you could adapt almost any of the strategies that many of our churches have seen yeah. during the time of COVID. You could have an online uh, service or an online campus, if you prefer that language. Um, I kind of like some aspects of that language, but, but you could do that totally on Zoom, like we've seen some yeah. churches doing. You could do it uh, with a pre-recorded and edited worship service yeah. in the online church That's platform. my plan going forward, is, is, it? is basically that. Uh, yeah, tell us, what is your plan? So my plan is our, our worship service, when we go back in person, will be at 10 a.m. Okay. But we will have an online worship at 9 for people, for an alternative community. And our leaders, our leaders within the church will be tasked with being the host. Just like you have greeters at your back door, there will be hosts set for that online worship. And it is meant to be an alternative community that we recognize as this is evangelism. This is outreach. This is not who's currently in our church. We're creating space for people who are not ever going to step through the doors of our physical location. Okay, so let's talk about that. So that's yeah. interesting. You said a bunch of stuff that I think is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so you said I tend to do that. <laughs> your primary goal is to, is outreach. Yes, primary goal is outreach. Okay. Um, let's let's talk about that, and then I want to ask you how you're technically going to pull this off with man hours and cameras. Yeah. So if that's your goal, I noticed that you're probably accomplishing some of the other goals at the same time with your approach. I th- I think that's true. Because I think I want to, I would, I think we'd all love to do all three, right? Sure. We would love uh, to disciple our congregation. We'd love to have, have an invitational strategy. And we'd love to, uh, whatever those third things were. Yeah. Uh, we'd love to do all of the above. But what I think is true is that when you shoot for people who are not here yet, it also covers the people who can't make it today. Uh, yeah. And so. it also, because you are releasing it into the wild of the internet, mm-hmm. it also makes space for people who are like, I'm going to check out that church before I go there. Okay. But no, I think if you start with that first goal Mm -hmm. is just like we're presenting Mm -hmm. and don't anticipate any interaction, Mm -hmm. you're not hitting either the second or the third goals probably. But if your goal is discipleship, you're probably hitting the first one and the second one. Yeah, I think so. So like you're, you're with, when you shoot for intermittent discipleship with people who are a part of your congregation, Mm -hmm. you also create an invitational strategy. Mm -hmm. But this third one, when you shoot for, a strategy of building a community, mm-hmm. 
You also have the intermittent discipleship and the invitational strategy. You have it all. You get everything by shooting for that one thing. Now, you asked me, how am I going to do this with the limited uh, human hours? Right. Uh, human yeah, hours. let's talk about that. Um, so we're doing pre-recorded for that reason. And my plan is, I don't use a manuscript, so who knows, uh, but when I go to practice my sermon from the outline or from my bullet points or whatever, uh, I'm going to record that practice. And that will be ready to give to our, uh, right now it's Stephen, but, uh, but for whoever you are that edits a video together, that will go in there. There will be a scripture reading that I also do, but also our music director, when she does her practice, she'll also record her practice. And by doing that, we'll have the beginning, I'll have the welcome and greeting, we'll have the opening song by the music director, scripture reading by me, sermon by me, benediction by me, 20 minutes is all it's going to be. But it's, and, the, and there's a strategy behind that. Okay. The strategy is, this is for people who would not step through the doors. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, it, I think it's essential that I go even, even less time than I'm currently doing. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. Um, I want to ask you a bunch of follow-up questions, but I feel like we're going to That might get, be the next episode. I think it might be the next episode. Um, so folks, we, I would encourage you to consider your strategic goal and what you're trying to do online. If you, if you like, I, I totally agree with what uh, Pastor Matt said, that if you go for this third thing where you're trying to sort of set up an online community, you kind of get all the other stuff um, in the package. And so... If you can pull that off, I think that's great. Keep your online worship even as you return to in-person. Yeah, real talk though. Real talk. Okay. Yeah, real talk. This is hard. I, like when I heard my friend, I, I sound like I'm being glib right now. Yeah. When I heard my friend, I'm, I promise, I heard that with compassion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this has been hard. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us were just glad to leave it behind. But I don't think we can leave the learning behind. And, I, and I, wanna, I want you to know it's hard, but, and you're not going to be good at everything. And maybe you can't do all the things that Stephen can do because he's really talented. Uh, but you can do something. And I think choose the thing that you can do and you feel comfortable with. And just keep, in, keep doing that, at least that one thing that engages online. Maybe that's just social media posts. Okay. Do, keep your, but keep online as an option within your, within your world. I think it's really important that we don't, that because we are trying to leave the pain of this COVID protocol behind, we don't leave large swaths of population who could be touched by the grace of God behind. Yeah. And I think the way to make those decisions is to figure out what your goals are. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's, that's our show for the day. I'm Matt. Uh, I'm Stephen. And we'll see you next time.